Chapter 3 It was a warm Wednesday afternoon, and I was at the railroad tracks behind my house. I would often go there to think, cry, or drink a few beers with friends over the past few years, just not all of those at once. What I am trying to convey is that it was a hangout spot for my friends and me, but it soon took a turn for something far more personal. After my grandparents passed away and my first love moved away, I found myself drawn to the secluded little hideaway more than ever. My homework and a part-time job at the movie theater were the only two things that kept me from leaving town. I imagined the world and all that was out there. With all that I was missing, I was finding it hard to appreciate what I had right there in Lakeshore. This place wasn't for me. It was getting more and more difficult by the day because I felt myself somehow growing out of my own established identity in town. I wondered how that could even be so. This was the very place where my family and friends all lived. I guess that's why the CIA website interested me at first. Honestly, anything that gave me a fresh breath of air interested me. That is exactly why I connected so much with the magic books and training. It was a new part of myself that I had yet to explore, and now the girl of my dreams was almost willing to come along. Here comes the train, something whispered to me, or from within me. It laid in my subconscious to do something extraordinary that day. I could feel something moving around inside of me, talking to me in my ear about the train coming down the tracks. The surroundings were beautiful that day with the hum of cicadas, the summer greens, and colorful flowers were growing wild and beautifully popping color here and there. Everything was right, but something was not right at all. Something screamed inside of me to do something. I had to do something bold, but I just didn't know what. I could not, at the time, understand the communication from the spirit world that called out to me. Under that bright Michigan sun, I struggled internally with this feeling until the train came so close that it was time to react. It was about to cross my path when I lifted my hand in a motion to stop it. My goal was to stop it mid-locomotion. I held my hand up and set my powers against all its perpetual direction towards me. The locomotive was barreling down the tracks at me. To up the stakes a little, I stood right in the middle of those train tracks with every ounce of courage that I had. Planting my feet in between the small pebbles and dirt, I held my ground firmly and squinted my eyes, held my breath tightly for a moment as well, and looked up to behold the power of the train coming to a complete stop. It didn't stop at an instant or abruptly, but soon it came to a complete halt and not one cylinder was turning on that track. Just like that, it stopped utterly just inches before smacking me down. At that moment, I could start to see into people's minds and hear their thoughts. However, there was nothing pleasant about it to me. In fact, it made me depressed. Hearing what other people were thinking about almost drove me insane. I had to block it out of my head to have an ordinary life experience Looking into their eyes somehow made it worse. I realized just because I had a gift that could work at any given time didn't mean I had to use it. 
This is the excuse I gave to myself to repress it and press it down into a tightly bound box inside of me. Doing so causes troubles for me and my life. It made things very difficult for me, specifically in social situations. I found myself lacking. So I continued to bury my gift deep inside me for as long as I could. I buried it inside until it demanded to come out again. This crazy magical ability and energy that I had going on made me feel like I didn't belong anywhere at all. I felt like I was some weirdo from another planet, if I was going to be honest. My eyes were like an x-ray machine. I could see through walls and began studying the space above me in the sky. I could see farther than Earth. I truly looked into the space of the universe from my bedroom window every evening. There was so much activity in those years that I almost spent most of my time at home. Spaceships would fly by the house at night. The part that baffles me is that I got all of that activity at night, and pretty much hardly ever in the day. I became a creature of the night, transforming into a magic person. My identity would change, and I would become another person I know. I lived another life at night. There was a world of my own that only my close friends and I knew about and shared. There was an important event that took place several years before this, as we celebrated our family with a summer vacation. We went to Lake Michigan and had a good time with each other that year. I was 16 then, and this was the only trip that we made since I was in middle school. My dad had gotten time off, which never happens, and Mom was in the mood for some fun in the sun, as she put it. It was 1995, and I had just gotten my braces off. I felt like the world was mine. Annette was in my life back then. She was the love of my life that would eventually show me heart's break when she moved away. I could never understand how something so right could end up in a dead end like that. I was too young to whisk her away and start a life with her, but I felt that somehow we were already adults in some ways. She should have been mine, but I can't explain to anyone why I felt that way. Our relationship was just so perfect, and we were perfect for each other, as we complimented one another. But look how it ended. That had to be the most painful life lesson I have ever learned. I think that sometimes God's plans get changed. Sometimes they were never a plan at all, and maybe more of just a shot in the darkness. How sad that theology made me feel. My dad could back it up, though. He always used to tell me to not live by my feelings, that feelings were deceptive and not to be trusted. He would also say that there was no such thing as love. It was a trick of the mind. Yeah, he said all those things. Yet, all the while, he and my mom were growing distant and fighting every chance they got. Something was happening to Dad. He grew incredibly distant from us. You know, it got so bad that when he was at home, I'd look over at him and into his eyes and couldn't even recognize the son of a gun. Now, how does that happen to a father and son? Lots of missed opportunities, unspoken words, and, of course, damage. That's how. We went to church as a family and started over every Sunday. We spent time with one another when things started to get heated in the house. We were all better off when it was Friday, and Dad was home, ready to take us shopping at the mall. 
Our time together meant the family staying together. It meant a resource for mom and dad when they weren't getting along with each other. It kept them together. No joking around at all. We decided to take a vacation one year, and it made us all appreciate each other again. Dad expressed his love and emotions to mom and me, and I got to have an adventure out of town. Just getting out from that place made things feel better. You got away from people that you see every day, away from the same old surroundings, and you come back to life. It was always my favorite thing to do with the family. Mom had a week off of work, and Dad had managed to save a little bit of the tax return that we got that year. He was so excited about going out on the water, he wouldn't stop talking about it for days. That's what drove Mom so crazy, that she called into work and told them that she was leaving on vacation and she needed a whole week off of work. After her boss reprimanded her for no notice of a vacation or the need for time off, he let her go. When Dad got the news, he went out, fine-tuned up the boat, and got it ready to sail. We got our new boat in the water that afternoon during our summer vacation of 1995. My dad launched it from the trailer, and as he did, I noticed that he felt good about himself. He was treating mom and me pretty well. Dad even bought us some snacks to eat out on the water and spent a considerable amount of time talking with my girlfriend, Annette, and myself about life and fishing. You could tell that he just loved it out on the lake, as his positive mood was practically palpable. His face lit up with an almost angelic and childlike glow when we prepared the fishing tackle for the adventure. Why should it not glow? If you looked around this part of the country, it was like tree heaven. The scenery was divine. Land, flowers, and beach. It had a gentle breeze and a nice scent to it, if I might add. There was nothing more relaxing than taking a day to unwind in nature on a nice boat in the middle of the lake. While we were in the water, my dad forgot to run the blower. I guess mom said at a later time that he didn't run that blower for probably six months before that. Well, this time the chicks were coming home to roost. We were all in the boat, in the water, and something awful began to happen. A fire started to blaze its way onto the deck. My dad had forgotten to run that doggone blower, and there were different kinds of flammable and explosive fuel vapors that began to ignite into a nightmare for my whole family. My dad did everything he could to try and contain the situation. However, the more he tried, the more it burnt him and spread. Out of pure instinct, I drew from forces within me and began to blow with a supernatural wind that formulated ice crystals all over the top of my dad's boat. It froze over every part of the boat that was visible to the human eye, but it also did something splendid. It put out the flames that were an immediate threat to us all. We were safe and sound, just us teen lovers, mom, and dad with his second-degree burn marks on his skin.